microphone is warm. I did not take into account how hot the sun would be on all this electronic equipment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The black really, really tends to heat up and hold that heat too. Yeah. And that's why it's it's it can be rough having black pots in the field. Yeah. Because the the sun heats up the black pots and then the roots just get scorched and then that's not. Can good you plants. can you kind of like deviate that from ha happening if you put like straw on the top of the the pot? Yeah, pretty much anything that uh, reflects the heat. So straw or grass around it. You could wrap like a white plastic. Nice. Nice. That would all work. Oh. <laughs> right well, into hemp. Welcome. Welcome to a special, special edition of AA for Entrepreneurs. Andy and I were working in the field today, and we were like, hey, I don't think we've ever seen a podcast done from a hemp field. So let's just finish up some work and uh, put the camera up and see how it looks. And yeah. we love the angle of it. And here we are. So welcome to episode, season one, episode 43 of AA for Entrepreneurs. We are approaching the end of season one. Oh, man, it's so exciting. I, I, I still can't believe it. It's yeah, July it's coming 2nd. up already. That's insane. We're already like most of the way through this year, or actually halfway through the year, exactly halfway through the year. And it's feeling amazing. Uh, huge thank you to all of our people watching or listening uh, or even just supporting. Even if you don't listen, when you're sh if you're sharing it to your friends, it gives them a chance to listen. So thank you so much. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you do that for us, please. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, Urban Acres. This yes, it's, it's so nice of them for letting us film here. They're, they're great people, man. They're great, great guys to let us podcast yeah. on their it's all fam. <laughs> so shout out to Urban Acres. And then uh, shout out to our other sponsors, King Casher. You can find him on Twitch, as well as all other major social media platforms. Um, as well as Anchor is one of our sponsors. And Flipboard. And if you're out there watching... We're actually thinking about selling ad spots, so if you're interested, hit us up. Uh, we're looking to, you know, support some local businesses through our podcast with our ads as well. Um, yeah. We've had a huge week. We really have. We a really lot of have. stuff is happening. I mean, especially, let's even skip the whole week and go into what happened last night. Yeah. Last you got an email, right? Yeah, I, I got an email. Uh, I was driving DoorDash, and I get an email saying uh you have a payment waiting for you from juke and media and if you don't know juke and media is basically like the media company that runs uh fail army and a few other huge 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 meme slash fail pages last october my video was featured on uh their youtube video compilation and at the beginning of a facebook compilation got over a million views on both of those and uh, a, a broad, I guess it's like a TV station, paid for licensing rights to be able to use my video. So I woke up to a $230 check for my stage dive fail from five years ago. Incredible. Like It really goes to show you how even when you fail, you can succeed. Yeah, I, I remember when that first happened, man. It was so embarrassing. And now I'm like... I really wish I would have, like, tripled down and really put it out there. Like, just let the people laugh. Yeah. Like, who cares, you know? Like, it's almost like more people have been attracted to me since I put that out there last year. Like, 
All right, here it is on large scale, guys. Like, Be- because it's humbling. Yeah, like, dude, that's that's you. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Comb over days. Like, uh-huh. they're like, dude, I I would have no clue, because <laughs> I put it on my my Instagram story and it split perfectly. Like right when I dove into the crowd is when it went to the next story. So when it split, I put splat like right where I landed. <laughs> this shit was so funny, but it's it's so true, man. Having residual income where I just woke up on Monday and was like, oh shit. I have $230 in my bank account, and then I go work DoorDash, make like another 90 bucks. I start my week off making $320 on the first day of the week, first I'm day sure. of the month. I'm sure that's what like authors feel oh, like yeah. when they, after they write a book yep. or uh, people who write a song and they, get, they just get checks in perpetuity. Dude, I have felt that way. Like music, I've gotten payments from music. Typically, it's like $10. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for like years worth of plays because it doesn't get that much that much attention and streams. Uh, we don't even want. That's a whole nother podcast. How? What is a stream? What is it worth? Nobody even really knows. It's an arbitrary number that they kind of just throw out there. But um, you know, I've never really even made money off music like this. Like most of what I've done since I was 13 making music, actually all of what I've done has lost money. <laughs> Like when I think about like, oh, I, I put out this album, I probably lost $200 on that album after paying for hard copies, paying for promotion, paying for this, that. I probably recouped some of the money. The only project I ever broke even on was my group project with Casher. And uh, that only recouped because we were smart and had a, a, an album release show. And the album release did so well that we broke even the night of the album release. After that, it basically stayed the same. Like, we didn't make any money after that, you know? Uh, so it's it's a great feeling, and I, I feel like there's going to be more licensing that will launch off of that. And uh, I'm definitely looking for some other residual income now, because that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like you wake up to a huge check. Like, oh, I feel like I didn't even do anything. Yeah, I just woke I, up. I literally didn't, like... I literally submitted it to Fail Army last year, and they've done all the work for me, dude. They, they're like my agent now. It's fucking, yeah. it's great. It's official. My, my stage dive fail has an agent representing it. Just in case you've ever made fun of me for the stage dive fail, if you don't have an agent representing something you're doing, you got nothing to say now. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. If you ain't made money from that, like so many artists, including me, like I got made fun of relentlessly for that. Like anytime I do a show, if it's like an open mic, people are like, you going to stage dive tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I used to get mad about it. Now, like ego yeah. aside, I, I laugh. I'm like, yeah, totally. You fucking ready to catch me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets a la- It's funny. Yeah. You know, yeah, you gotta, a- you gotta have, the more I have fun with it, the more like, better things are happening to me with it you know like that's the most attention i've had for one singular piece of content and if you know that's probably not my only fail i could probably find some more out there and i've actually had some friends that are uh have have sent me videos of their fails that they're too embarrassed to put out there like oh i could probably go famous with this like one the other day i actually signed an nda on it to not talk about who it is but Basically, they were on a a, a a pole, like pole dancing, and this <laughs> like a stripper pole. Yeah, like a stripper pole, but you know they don't. It's not always just used by strippers. Like it's great for aerobics and stuff. So that's what she was she was using it for, because um, there's actually like uh, classes, pole classes, like that you can take just for fitness. Sure, so it looks like it's a good core workout. Oh, dude, everything. So she's holding. This person is holding themselves upside down and slips, 
like probably six to eight feet off the ground and you just hear thud Ooh! <laughs> and I died laughing I'm like dude let me send that to my agent like let's make you some damn money man <laughs> yeah I mean like it sucks like when it happens to you like it's not funny at all but like for some reason there's just something about watching other people fail that is just inherently funny and it's it's yep. it's good to be able to see that and be like, okay, all right, it's it's in the past. I can look at this now and be like, that that is funny. But in yeah. the moment, it sucks. Oh. Everybody's laughing at you. That's not yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, it was one of my biggest shows at the time too. We were opening for Cassidy. We sold over a hundred tickets to the, to open up for him. It was the very last song of our set. Like we had one of the best sets ever. And then I made the mistake of performing. Well, I guess it's kind of Cash's fault. He bet me that I wouldn't perform in my boxers, basically. He was like, you're not going to perform in your boxers. He put up a status about it and everything. So I performed in my boxers, you know, for a verse. And during that song, I slowly watched all the dudes back away from the stage. <laughs> and all the girls, knowing that Cassidy was next, slowly made their way towards the stage. So I basically saw that happening. It was like, I still plan on stage diving at the end of my set. When I say I have nothing to lose, which is still the best part of it all, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> Jump into the crowd, but fucking, but fucking, um, I, I noticed this, and you could see me in the video back up, because a lot of people's comments is like, dude, it's a crowd full of, like, it's all girls. You jumped into a crowd of girls. Like, what were you expecting to catch you? Like, nobody's gonna catch you. I'm like, no, there was like a solid four rows of women, and then behind that was all my boys. So I got all the way to the back of the stage and sprinted <laughs> and jumped as far as I could, being all dabbed out on stage, thinking, yo, I'm going to make it to my boys. And all the girls, that a lot of them were with my group, too, because like we said, we sold over 100 tickets to that show. They all pushed back, and, oh, man, it's just so funny to watch. It's like, it's like Moses. just Splat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I we'll we'll post in the video here just to just to give you guys some context and a great laugh. And I own the license to do it, so don't give me any shit. And if you want license to do it, let me know. I'll hook you up with my agent. I was at a Warp Tour. Uh, the la it was the last one, and there was this blonde girl, average in stature. She looked like she was having a fun time. She was smiling, and she was she started way in the back, and she started moving, crowd surfing from the back up to the front. And she was gonna like some like big people were gonna like lift them off and and guide them off the stage, right? And like it, this was like late in the day. Everybody's dehydrated, tired, and we've we'd already had like eight people it's just like one person now you're you're carrying somebody else another person it's like this is work i want to enjoy the enjoy the show yeah. and there was a girl that was probably about five feet in front of me um and then all of a sudden somebody let go of her shoulders and her back and held on to her legs so she fell backwards oh, and man. then the the guy still held on to her legs and she smacked the back of her head on the ground and you could just see the blonde hair kind of soak with blood. Oh, oh it was bad. It, looked, it was really bad. She probably got, uh, yeah, that looked Oof. very bad. I was going to laugh about it, but actually yeah, yeah. getting hurt there's, makes a big difference. There's, yeah, there's like this times where like you see them, you're like, oh, that's not funny at yeah. all. Yeah. Look, my lifesaver was this kid, uh, Jarek, actually. He, he's like this 
big jack dude and he reached over everything and caught my head right as it was hitting the ground oh lifesaver literally like i i would have probably split my skull open i landed on my back and, and back then i was working out a lot more so my back was solid i took it but hitting my head would have been a whole different story and Cause I got right up and I was ready to fight everybody. Like you didn't catch me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like different workouts that you can do to really build up the muscles in your head. Yeah. But it's really not no. gonna help you. It's not gonna. Yeah, not from like a ten to twelve foot cushion, fall on, cushion, on the concrete. Yeah. Like, nope. nope. Done. And like, what's really cool is that it's like inherent. It's instinctive for people to protect other people's heads. Yeah. They don't even have to think about it. It's yep. like, oh, protect that person's head. Yep. Yeah, like who cares if, if he breaks his leg? Cool, whatever. Yeah, but who the cares head, what eh, the, who cares brain damage that? from a stage dive fail. That would yeah, suck. without even thinking, it's like touching a hot stove. Yeah. You don't have to think about, oh, that's hot. I should take my hand off. Dude, I've seen it. Have you, you ever seen that it. show, A Thousand Ways to Die? Once or twice. Stage dive is on there. Somebody died from that. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah. So like, I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm literally sitting there with my feet up, like sitting in the in the green room section, like by myself, just sitting there, fucking mad. People are coming out to be great set. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what, after you stage dive? Yeah. yeah. People still wanted to tell me I did a great, I had a great set, and I still was just mad. My ego took over, you know. Yeah. Lesson learned: Don't let your you ego were... take control of anything, really, ever. Like it's, it's not a good it's thing. Most meditate. Of the time. And if you, if you're one that says like, well, how do you do that? I mean, sure, I'm self-aware. I can see that maybe I'm too angry or I'm too yeah. happy, even like yeah. I shouldn't be this happy for yeah. whatever is going on. It's it's important to take a step back and understand what you're going through and that being self-aware. And like Adam was saying, once once you get to the point where you're like you get you get really mad because something happens and you get kind of you shut down. Well, don't shut down. Take a couple of couple of breaths and kind of reset. And how you do that is just practicing meditating do it every day one of the little minutes. things you could do that's like anybody could do this literally anybody could do this my mentor joanne you know really preaches on this on her uh she has something called plan c strategies where it's basically all about emotional intelligence one of her biggest things that she says is breathe in breathe out smile it changes everything like you could be crying and you breathe in breathe out and smile It'll make you laugh a little bit. Like, all of a sudden, you'll be crying about something, and you'll laugh about how funny that situation is. It really is something that could kind of reset your brain. It might take a couple in and out and smiling while you're doing it. You might look a little crazy, but it'll help. You know, it, it, it helps a ton. There's nothing greater than walking down an aisle somewhere or a hallway or some public place, looking at somebody and smiling. Hundred and then they, when they smile back, because you know you just had maybe it was just a micro moment, but you made their day a little bit better, and it didn't cost them. Now, what, what is inversely the most, one of the most uncomfortable things is when you do that and somebody just kind of looks at you. When they don't smile, they just kind of look at you with a glum look. I see that happening about like half the time. You know, especially around here, like Colorado, you smile at somebody, they're gonna, hey, bro. <laughs> here, like you smile at somebody, they're like, oh, fucking weirdo. Like, let's yeah. get away from them. <laughs> I was in, I was in Alaska, and I was, I was in a good time. I had just came off the mountain, and I was smiling at people. I mean, that was just, I was in a good mood, and good vibes. And one of the people that I smiled to, just kind of looked at me. He was actually a state cop, in uniform and everything. He was walking towards this his head office. 
didn't even like fl- not even a muscle didn't even flinch like what is wrong with this guy yeah I mean, it was really really strange like hey i mean some people are different you could some have been people have a bad don't. day too like you can't uh when when that happens, I try I try I try to use that as a judgment training, right? Instead of judging like, oh, what a fucking dick. I'm kind of like, oh, well, maybe their mom died. Today. Totally. You know, like maybe something really bad happened. Maybe my smile helped them just a little bit, and maybe they'll they'll be driving away in their car and being like, man, that that guy smiled at me. Like, why didn't I smile back? Like, what a jerk. Yeah, right. You never know what what could happen right after the interaction. And sometimes too is, like. I remember this happening in like high school a lot where you'd walk by a classroom, but you'd see your buddy. And by the time you registered that you saw them and you'll, you go to wave, but you're already past the doorway. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Whew. The sun went away a little bit. It's helping yeah. tremendously. <laughs> totally. And it's the thing with the sun and being, being out here, uh, my foot is asleep, uh, <laughs> is that when the clouds are, there, it's like, oh, this is comfortable. But the second the sun comes out, I was, we were getting ready to do the podcast 11 minutes ago, and I was wearing a T-shirt, and I'm like, the sun came out. I was like, fuck this. No, you went I in, it got even worse. It. Like, there was a, a patch that it was just straight sun. Clear. I'm sitting out here, like, sweat beating off my forehead, like, oh, I need yeah. polyester. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is with, like, polyester, like, what I'm wearing now is that you don't realize how how helpful it is until you try and then you're like wow uh, cotton no way like he's probably cooler in a long sleeve polyester shirt than i would be without my shirt on right now totally totally because the sun heats you up yep sun heats you up fast and having a light colored long sleeve shirt it keeps the it keeps the sun and the heat off of you and it reflects a lot of that heat and what also is good about is that you don't drip sweat so if you're shirtless you may sweat, and you'll have a, a bead of sweat drip off your back. That's useless sweat. It just dripped off of your back. Hmm. But when you're wearing polyester, that sweat absorbs into the cloth and spreads out. And then it evaporates equally, evenly. Yeah. Throw your, all of your skin so there's more surface area. You're using more of that sweat. So it really elongates uh, your performance. Have you ever seen um, the pot squatch? Like, no. So... Uh, I guess he wasn't there. It's this guy in Boston, and he dresses like a weed nug. Oh, him. I have seen that picture. Yeah. yeah. So I saw him when I was at the state house last week, and I said to him, dude, you need to talk to my partner, Andy. I could see what you're wearing underneath that thing, and you're fucking dying right now. You need something different. I was like, dude, my partner wears long sleeves, pants, but the material of it cools him down. If you had that underneath your suit, you'd probably be able to go all day without He's taking so it So much off. better. Uh, Polyester is like one of the best base layers you can have. Wool actually works really well too. It's even better. Weird. Wool, yeah, and even in the summer, have a really thin layer of wool. You'd think like, oh man, that sounds horrible, sounds itchy and and warm, but it isn't because wool naturally um, sheds water. Mm. So not only does the water uh, leave the center of the fibers, but wool is naturally antimicrobial. Mm. So you can wear a wool base layer, really thin, for 11 days straight, and it won't smell. Weird. Whereas if you have polyester, that just is a breeding ground for bacteria, so that's going to stank. First day. It's going to be horrible. Yeah, day one, you're already like going to vomit because of your own smell. 
<laughs> it's the worst. That's what I learned that on uh, Denali. Oh, wool. Yeah. I, I, I wore a lot of wool. Yeah. Not trying not to stink up the tent too much. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. I mean, it's not even like I don't want to stink up for my partner, but I don't want to smell it. Yeah. Like, ugh, gross. It's so distracting. Anyway, about, enough about gross smells. But yeah, we, we wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit just for, you know, we're getting, we're getting heavily involved in hemp and uh, in farming in general. And if you're out there sweating your ass off in jeans and a cotton shirt, stop doing it. Yeah. Buy some polyester. Yeah, totally helpful. Cover up. Don't be like me. I need to, I'm getting, I swear this summer I'm 100% going to have to invest in polyester because I'm going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. The best, the best thing to do is to buy something that is rated uh, like SPF 50, hmm. but you don't have to. Like that's, that is the best way to go. But you can get a lightly colored polyester long sleeve t-shirt and that'll, that'll do the trick. It might not prevent a sunburn, hmm. but it'll... I mean, it'll probably be like an SPF 15 if it doesn't have, if it's not treated. Yeah. But if it's treated with an SPF 50, I mean, you can wear that all day in, in, on Denali and not get a sunburn and the most intense radiation. That's incredible. I usually don't worry about sunburns too much. I mean, future me is probably yelling at me, but. Yeah. And, that, and that's the only reason why I cover up as much as I can, because I know that in the future, the less radiation that I expose myself to, the better. I don't care if I look like a nerd, like whatever. Especially when I've, when I've got my like Serengeti hat. <laughs> I love that thing, man. I really do. It's fucking awesome. Dude, hemp farming. Yeah. So, you know, something today that we, uh, we noticed is working on efficiency. I really like in, in business development is noticing what tasks are taking too long and you kind of look at the value of it like all right if we're if we've got this 55 gallon drum and it's filled with water and we're using one gallon milk jugs trying to fill that up it's going to take forever i mean there's not enough space you'd have to like modify the bottle in order to let air in so that it would kind of go smooth but still it'd be it would take a while to pour what about pails like a one-gallon mixing pail. So that's what we did. So much easy. Saved us so much time. And then there was another problem, right, today, where, like, okay, there's a lot of walking. You've got one one-gallon pail. You're walking there. You walk into the plant. Walk there. Walk back. So we're thinking, why don't we fill up five-gallon buckets into this 55-gallon drum, carry the bucket, Yep. And then the one-gallon pail. Like six gallons of water with you in one at trip. At a time. Save that, five trips every time. Yeah, that saved a lot of time. And Dude, we got done in like, I don't know, an hour? It, wasn't, it didn't take long to water each plant a gallon. That was promising because even if we never get the drip line in irrigation, in, in the future watering won't even be, it won't be that bad at all. Like, yep. That was not bad. We realized <laughs> that the pH of our water was like three points too high. It's intense. 9.2. We wanted it at like 6. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we used some pH down and soaked all the plants because we've been having pH issues and we're excited for them to take off from this. Yeah, it's nice. What's really nice about business, too, in, in my, the way that I feel is that I like solving those problems. I like noticing a problem being like, okay, I've never seen this issue before. It needs to get fixed. Yep. How do we fix it? 
and then you kind of you you investigate and then you learn and then you fix it and then all of a sudden you got plants that are almost waist high in a week. Yeah. It's it's incre- it's an incredible Yeah, that feeling. plant right next to you is like shoulder length while you're I mean shoulder height while you're sitting down like and that one's a bush. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think, it, I think it, it just winked at me. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. We got, oh, man, I, I really could sit in this field all day and just look at these plants. It makes me so happy. Like, I, we, we can't explain to you guys how hard we're working. We really have been going our absolute hardest, especially since Andy's been back from the mountain. I feel like Andy and I have both been going, like, uh, not double speed, but, like, one and a half speed, which is, like, almost adding a whole extra person to our operation, you know? Efficiency. Efficiency, efficiency is what it's all about. Yeah, what, I, what I've noticed with me anyway, a lot, of, a lot of you might be in the same boat as me is that I get obsessed with things and I have to focus on like either one or two things. And as soon as like one of those things, in this case being Denali, is off my plate, now that is, it's a void. Yeah. So now I need to fill up that space with other things unless I'll, I'll feel like it just won't be good. It'll, it'll down, down spiral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know... The, the amount of training you did for Denali, it can't be understood. It was a long time, like multiple hours every day, basically. And you know, now that that time is back, it's like it grind. Man, holy shit! Back like, to oh, back okay. to work. We've been putting a lot of time into AA for Entrepreneurs. Yep. Uh, we we just recently posted a uh, a thing. We've got a, a group page called Improving Taunton, and it's a bunch of Tauntonians that essentially post on there to make Taunton better. I don't know who formed the page, but I'm, we should look it up. Whoever did, we're going to reach out to you because you're amazing. Yeah, excellent, excellent work. You're a pioneer. For sure. And so I, I posted on there saying uh, who we were, that we have a podcast, and we're interested in in interviewing people and in, in hearing entrepreneurs' story, and it did well. Yeah, I think it ended up getting like sixty to seventy comments. Granted, half of them are us, but nonetheless, that's like thirty-five comments. Yeah, I'd of, say probably twenty to thirty solid businesses. You know, a lot of them were doubles. You would have people mm-hmm. tagging people, which is so. If you're a business owner out there. Then, like, people tag your business. That should feel like, oh, man, like, if, if that doesn't lift your spirits as a business owner, I don't know what would. Like, if, if, if somebody put a, a post out, like, hey, we're looking to interview great businesses and somebody tagged Urban Acres, I'd be like, dude, I love you, man. Like, Aesthetic. It's so amazing. Like, that word of mouth is almost worth more than any kind of, like, advertising you could pay for. It's such a compliment. Yep. I mean, like... Our fans want to hear from us. Our customers want to hear our story. Yeah. It doesn't. Does it get better than that? Yeah, Platinum Platinum City Gaming. Platinum yeah. City Gaming. Here yeah. in town, Rashad. We went to go talk to him. Which actually, we got to reach out to him and reschedule tonight. Yeah, I, I uh, shot him a message yesterday. Oh, perfect. Yeah. We had this dude, man. Always, <laughs> always a couple steps ahead. Um, we, you know, we went to him and told him that, like, hey, a lot of people tagged you. They want to hear from you, and he was like, really? Yeah, he was, like, taken aback. Yeah, and then, oh, man, should we say the best part of that whole... I don't think so. No? No. Okay. Yeah, I think we should we should keep that one for us. Okay. Well, maybe I, I, maybe yeah. talk about it in the future. Yeah. It's still, I think it's still too soon. 
on the edge. On the edge. So we'll, we'll talk about See, uh, season two, episode thirty. I'm going to mark it on my calendar. That's when we'll disclose what we're talking about. <laughs> so stay tuned for another thirty-four more episodes to make sure you catch that. But essentially, the main main message was just value. We want to continue to bring value to people, and that's what this whole platform is all about. Um, you know, Andy and I have both lost money in this endeavor, but in the long term, it's going to be what makes us successful. Like I, we just, uh, Andy and I both invited all of our Facebook friends to our, our new page for urban acres. Thank you guys so much for, for following. It was incredible. I have, well, let me tell you guys, I've been on Facebook since 2010 I've been advertising on Facebook and making like pages since then, so almost 10 years. I've invited a lot of people to a lot of pages, so much so to the point where I used to have my diehard fans, I'd ask them if I could log into their Facebook and invite all their friends to my artist page, and I might get 10, 15, 20, 25 likes maybe. Andy and I invite both of ours, again, Typically, when I invite all to a page, I get 80 to 100 people to like a page. 443 when we started recording this podcast in less than a week, which just between I've us. I've never seen that never, before. Never. And engagement on our posts. We, we, had, uh, we posted a picture of one of the ladies up close, and that picture got like 30 likes on it and reached 700 people organically. So almost twice the amount of people that are on our page, it reached them organically. Never have I seen something like that. And it goes to show you how supportive people can be. Like with yes, everything, with everything that I've tried to do, I've always gotten backlash. Where like people are like, uh, I don't think that's going to work. Like straight up, yep. that's, that's not going to work. They don't, they don't believe in it. Yep. And then all of a sudden... We've got a hemp farm, and I haven't heard that once. No. I've had people reach out from Illinois, Kentucky, Colorado, asking us how we're doing it. I had somebody yesterday from New Bedford actually, hey, just, just random question, how much did it cost for you guys to get started up? And I broke it down to him, and I told him, you know, we're expanding to five acres. I'll, I'll keep you updated on how much that costs, you know? We're trying to build a network of this is what the, the the mass hemp coalition is basically all about it's building a network of farmers and hemp farmers so that we remain in power with what we're doing because we do have a powerful crop here in our hands you know like this is we're talking a trillion dollar business in the, within the next 10 years mark my words we're going to come back to this video and it's going to be a trillion dollar industry in 10 years and i'm going to put like a side by side 2019 2029 and we're going to be sitting in our 100-acre hemp field <laughs> just, to, just to flash back to that memory. But, you know, the people that hop on board now are the people that have a greater chance of getting that slice of a trillion. You know, there's only 100 licensed hemp farmers in Massachusetts. Even if that's every state, that's only 5,000 basically CBD businesses. Even doubling that 10,000, we could... 10,000 people sharing a trillion dollars. How many gas stations do you think there are in the United States? Oh, man. So many. And they're making tons of money. And that's like, in gas, that's not even like cannabis. The cannabis industry is going to blow the fuel industry out of the water. Yeah. The, we, the humankind has never seen an industry that yeah. 
has been as projected like cannabis. If you can, if you combine, like like you're saying, we say cannabis as basically like the whole hierarchy of things. If you if you combine hemp and marijuana into the whole cannabis spectrum, we're talking like three, four, five, six trillion dollar industry within the next ten years. Like that's I don't even, what? I don't even that doesn't even make sense. What is our I, country's I, debt? Oh, you mean we could basically get out of that in the next twenty years if we just support this cannabis business? Pretty much a no-brainer to yeah. me. There's um I think there's other things we should be fighting <laughs> instead yeah. of fighting hemp. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, you know, like fo- fighting crony capitalism and and fighting the opioid crisis, the opioid crisis, which what we are sitting next to helps with. That's the best part about it. Like it can help with mitigate some of the, the symptoms of withdrawal. Mm. It's been proven to show that. And it's 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 a shame that, you know, basically CBD was shut down here in Massachusetts We've been fighting hard with the Hemp Coalition to get that changed. And it's actually, you know, we're taking some steps forward. A bill was signed this past Thursday that would essentially make hemp a, an agricultural commodity, which would basically make it the same level as apples, corn, potatoes, whatever food that you grow and eat. It would essentially make it on the same level as that, which is basically what it is. Yes, are there cannabinoids within that plant that happen to have some therapeutic values? 100%. But at the same token, hemp oil is basically like olive oil. Same thing, different plant. You know, and it, yes, there's more, there's different phytocannabinoids and stuff inside of a hemp plant compared to an olive, but essentially it's like the same product, just one has more benefits or different benefits than the other. And, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, I was just going to, was going to say, we're talking about fighting for the, the right or fighting for that bill. We just recently met up with the, uh, the hemp coalition and it, I think it was the biggest turnout yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, that was 50, incredible. About fifty people or we'll, so. We'll, po- we'll post the picture that Andy took right in here. I was looking at that last night, man. And I, it, it brought a big smile to my face. Like, wow. Like, okay, seeing that in a picture really puts it into perspective. Of like, we just started this group two weeks ago, and there was over fifty people at that event. There's over four hundred people on our Facebook group. Like, I got chills right now just talking about it. Like. The we, we literally went from, oh, shit, we can't sell any CBD to having a bill signed saying that we're trying to make it an agricultural commodity and basically just waiting for the legislators to respond. Like, that's crazy. In less than a month, in mm. less than a month, we, we made that happen. So much so that, like, Vermont and Maine and New Hampshire representatives are reaching out to Massachusetts representatives yeah, to well, try to, you know. Massachusetts is putting out volume. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we don't we can't keep up with industrial hemp like Kansas. You know, they they have thousand acre farms. We don't have that here in Massachusetts. We have very limited land. There's a lot higher population, so we have to focus on you know how we're growing basically, which is artisan hemp, and we have to we have to focus on the cannabinoid side of things because here in Massachusetts we literally cannot compete with industrial hemp to make textiles. Yeah, and just to simplify that, it's like in, industrial hemp would be to use the stalks and the stems for paper and cloth and, and things, hempcrete, things of that nature, whereas um, artisanal flour CBD production, that is all in the flour. Yep. 
Yeah, so that would, that would turn into, you know, your salves and your CBD oils and soaps and stuff like that. And that's, that's what our focus has to be in Massachusetts if we want to have a thriving hemp economy here. And we can have a thriving hemp economy here. You know, we have some great farmers. We have a, we have a, a decent amount of land. You know, we have more land than what's being used for hemp right now, but there's a lot of scared people. Um, like we were actually supposed to have somebody on the podcast today that kind of got spooked by everything. Like, I don't know if we're quite ready for that yet. You know, like we're, things are kind of in limbo and we're like, we understand, you know, like totally. we're, we're putting our necks out on the line and yeah, here you go. <laughs> Chop away. Yeah, you know, there's a great white swimming at you. You're not going to give it its leg. Yeah. Give you. And that's basically what we're doing. You. We're like, hey, take our leg instead of yeah, that take, other guy. Take our throat. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> literally. Swimming into the mouth. Like we, we, uh, you know, we we have been fortunate enough to have the insight that some of what is happening now, we kind of saw this coming. You know, we knew that they were going to make CBD consumables hard to, hard to sell. Mm-hmm. And we knew that there was going to be some kind of fight. And because of that, um, we did everything by the books. And now because of that, we don't have to worry really about backlash so much. You know, they can try to mess around a little bit but we've done everything by the books man 100%. like and like we we knew we found out that one of the other hemp coalition farms they, they had a surprise visit paid to them the next day to their farm and basically like oh you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this we didn't do that because we we kind of you know knew it was happening and i guess i say that to say i really wish you know there was a way that we could have broadcasted this to more people because we have talked about it plenty on the podcast. And it's almost like a shame that so many people were taken aback by the regulations that came out because they shouldn't have been. No, it, it was like, it was clear. It was very clear. And we, and if you just asked them, you know, it was, it was written out for us, you know, and I, I wish we could have done a better job of getting that out there. I don't think it's our fault that people didn't know, but it just kind of makes me feel bad that, you know, we we've known for almost a year damn near you know like yeah so we we that's why we don't have a cbd line out yet like everybody asks us about that why don't you have a cbd product line uh it's in development you know mm-hmm. we're, we're perfecting our line when it comes out it's coming out you know mm-hmm. like it's coming <laughs> it's gonna it's there's no soft open here it's no. gonna be a grand opening literally and you know we're we're going to be doing some crowdfunding for that and some pre-orders from different CBD shops that are supporting us. And, you know, it's, it's going to be incredible. But when the time comes for it, you know, hopefully with the influx of attention that's coming our way now, when we find out things that aren't, you know, public knowledge, hopefully we have a little bit more of a platform to get it out there so people can really hear it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons we really, are trying to shift our focus a little bit when it comes to season two. We have talked about ways that we could do our second season differently than this first season, you know, because the first season, majority of it was just Andrew and I speaking to each other about our entrepreneurial ventures, um, which is great. You know, it makes great content. We, we never felt like that provided the best value, though. We all, it was more of like kind of like a pilot. Yeah, it was like you know, introduce the people to ourselves. So we had like some kind of social proof of like, this is who we are and this is what we do. And then we started getting people interested in coming on the show. And we probably did, I don't know, 10 interviews first season out of 46 episodes. And 
we're like, aha, we're on to something. Yeah, people really dug those. And when we were doing it every other week, that was when we had our highest traction of listeners and watchers mm. and everything. So for season two, we're working really hard to set up for season two right now. We're, we're setting up all these interviews, like Andrew mentioned. You know, we, we made that post to get more businesses to interview. We're trying to basically go every, we're going to do two, a week of interviews, two weeks of interviews, sorry, and then a week of us talking. Two weeks of interview, week of us talking. So it basically breaks us up talking to every three weeks instead of every other week, which allows us to put more um, uh, valuable content out to people. And, you know, we also decided that the, the first uh, two episodes of season two are going to come back to back. So we're going to release uh, season two, episode one. I think it's, uh, I want to say it's either end of July or beginning of August. And then the next day we're going to release the audio to an interview and then, you know, do the same thing with the video. Release jab, it back jab. To back. Just jabbing everywhere, man. And, and we're, we're, we're also, we also kind of came to the realization that people tend to cancel our podcasts a lot more when we try to get them to come to us. <laughs> so we're, we're hoping to have the time to go out to more spots so that way, you know. And I think it's a cooler vibe when we do that, too. Different like environment. When we, when we go into different environments, it's, it's their place. Comfort zone. Yeah. And it, it kind of correlates better with what they do. Yeah. It's a better, better environment, like yeah. you said, very simply. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to work out well. You know, we have, we have a couple of messages we have to send out today and get some people lined up for next week and, you know, any available days we basically have to start shoot, 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 shoot. And more, we want to have, you know, six interviews done by the time season two starts. So that way we're well ahead, <laughs> you know, we're like a month and a half ahead of things. And, uh, we really couldn't be any more grateful than we are for the attention that we've gotten so far. I think we averaged like 40 listeners through our first season. I was going back and doing out some math, which makes me so incredibly happy. We didn't expect that at all. We expected like two. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We were like, we're going to be talking to ourselves for five years. Like, you know. Two being us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually funny. I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast, and he was saying, you know, everybody asks me what my secret is to make so much money with my podcast. He's like, uh, podcast for three years without expecting to make a dime. <laughs> and that's what it's literally Straight all facts. about. Like, we, we've made... Eight dollars in ad revenue our first year. Hell yeah! Nine dollars. Uh, we right probably on. spent four hundred dollars, maybe more, if you count like Adobe and stuff like that. We probably spent like eight hundred dollars this year on the podcast. So just to give you guys a little skew of how much we spend compared to how much we make, just to tell you that we want to bring value to people. We, that, that's what this is all about. Like we don't care that we lose money. We don't care that you know we lose time because in, in the long term, when we look back on this on season five, <laughs> we're going to be like, this is one of the best decisions of our life. Yeah. It's not a waste of time at all. No, far from it. Far from it. I think everybody should have a podcast. Yeah. If you want a business, you should really think about it. If you, if you understand the importance of social media and advertising, you should understand that podcasting is about to be, or is, one of the biggest platforms to advertise on, especially for your business. And that's why we were talking about, you know, ad spots 
for for businesses and uh we really think that this could bring a lot of value to people because even though we only average 40 listeners a week on the third season we could be up to 100 you know like that, that could double up and most likely is going to with the trend that what we're seeing with everything and it's only going to get more and more from there the more that we provide value and we're just so excited for what's coming for this podcast like seriously i can't we talk i feel like we've been talking about it every single day like podcast stuff and that's not normally like that, that's just, this is brand new for us like to feel this much excitement about the podcast some some weeks you know it was really hard it almost felt like a chore <laughs> Like there was definitely those weeks and hopefully yeah. we didn't come off like that during the video, but we probably did. You know, we're, we're pretty new to this. And, yeah, it's uh, the nature of the beast. It's yeah, going to happen. It's all, it's all learning. And, and now it's like, damn, what could we do to make sure we have like the best episode possible? And, you know, every episode gets better. So I think that's a good transition into giving another special thanks to all of our sponsor sponsors yes. and definitely you for watching, for listening. Yes. Uh, make sure you like this video if you found it entertaining or found value in it whatsoever. Tell all your friends, uh, especially local. We, we really like local. And let, let your friends know that there's a, there's a local podcast. If you have any, any friends or family with businesses and they would be interested in sharing their story, drop, tag them. Yeah, hit us up on our Facebook page, on our individual Facebook pages, on Instagram, literally anywhere, aafrentrepreneurs at gmail.com. Like, reach us literally anywhere. Just let us know who these people are, and we'll reach out and make it happen. And, uh, you know, you might get a thank you from that business, too, for helping them out to reach more people. You never know. Things happen that way. Absolutely. And another thing is if you'd like to see some sort of um, free class on how to start a podcast, let us know. Drop an emoji, a fire emoji or a smiley face. Yes. Let us so know for Let sure. us know that you, you'd like to see a in, live in-person um, intro. Like, what do you need? What do you need to do? How do you, how do you target market? What do you do? Anything. What? Any question that you may have in regards to starting a podcast, maintaining a podcast. One of the seeds you planted in my head about that is sustainability of an idea of a podcast like I didn't even think about that like this was we really stumbled upon AA for entrepreneurs like this was meant to be for us yeah but so many podcasts uh when we talk to our friends about them starting podcasts they just they have a great idea but the sustainability of it isn't there like you have to think third fourth fifth year of your podcast kind of before you even start it right and, for, like, for example, entrepreneurship, it, we live in an entrepreneurial like we're, mindset. We're always there, so we can talk about it forever. Yep. We will always have something to talk about in regards to entrepreneurship. Um, other, other things, like, for example, like if you really like The Office, or if you kind, let's say you kind of like The Office, can you make an entire podcast on just The Office? I couldn't. I don't think I have enough. Uh, office knowledge to be able to do that but if you might you might be able to be oh yeah I could do that all day yeah or even like just to make it broader to help with just sustain sustainability of it 
you know, maybe a comedy show podcast where you talk about the different comedy TV shows that are out and the funny things that happen on there, you know. There's so many different ideas for podcasts. Like, there's unlimited ideas right. for podcasts. If you make a podcast about Polly Pocket, somebody is going to find you that enjoys Polly Pocket. <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. And it's just all about sustainability for you. Like, what works for you? What can you talk endlessly about? And also what brings the most value to your audience. That too. For sure. So if you want to see that, let us know. We got a couple more things to do here on the field. And then uh, editing the video and another, another eight-hour day down the <laughs> Another one done. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. And then we're both going to work right after we work eight hours between the field and podcast. This is... This is the life. We love this shit. <laughs> oh, the night shift. Uh, all right, guys. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace.